Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, stories and sermons for the journey. A channel of blessing for friends everywhere to experience how the Holy Spirit moves ordinary people into an extraordinary calling, bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom of God. The Word is declared through the pastors and partners of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua, founded in 2011 in Jovellanos, Cuba, by pastors Jose Santiago and Yamile Cruz. I'm your guide, Pastor Kevin Job, and my wife, Tani, and I serve as chief connection makers and storytellers in the United States. Our team is dedicated to planting and nurturing churches and to spread the reach of the gospel. We pray you'll be blessed by these teachings and testimonies of what God has done and is doing in and through us. We are created in what we call the image of God, or in Latin, the imago dei. And that, that term is very, very important to how we understand all of Scripture. You've got to start in Genesis 1 to understand it. Make, um, we'll make them in our own image. And so God made us in the image of God. That in, in the, t- the terminology of the time in which the Scripture was written, to be an image bearer was for you to carry the king's image. You were the witness of the king. And as all of humankind, we are to bear witness to the one true king, one humanity. We're designed for life and blessing and peaceful reign over all the earth. But then when you get a little further along in Genesis, we decide that's not enough. Because there's some low-hanging fruit that looked yummy, right? And when tempted by this this strange character of the serpent, the serpent looks at at humanity and says in Genesis 3, verse 5, God knows when you eat from that tree, that fruit that you're not supposed to be eating, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And we went, hmm, I can be like God. That's kind of cool. And so we take things that don't belong to us. And paradise is lost. And all of our relationships are set askew. Our relationship with each other, our relationships with God, our relationship with all of creation is off. And yet God is faithful. And we just keep getting worse. And finally, in Genesis chapter 6 through 9, God has to do a complete reset. Then he makes a promise to us by setting that rainbow in the clouds, right? He'll never again destroy the earth by flood. But Noah and his sons, they can't even hang it together for another generation. You see, as as we see time and time again, it turns out that without our perfect relationship to God, we stand very little chance of handling relationships to each other. And that's what brings us to Babel. And the story of Babel is after generations, we keep getting worse and worse and worse. We end up in Genesis chapter 11, and the story goes like this. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. And as people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. And they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. And then they said, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches into the heavens so that we might make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people were building, and the Lord said, as if one people speaking the same language they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. And so the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. This is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world, and from there the Lord scattered them all over the face of the earth. We have a tendency to build towers as monuments to ourselves, do we not? See, God wanted to have us have one common language, one common life, but with the absence of relationship to the Holy Spirit, 
our common goal was always to usurp God's power. And when we try to usurp God's power, that brings confusion and loss. And so at Babel, God placed a boundary that has come between carnal people ever since confuse their language. And much work would be required in God's plan across the centuries to cross that boundary. He didn't finish that plan in the incarnation. Although it was really great to know that God was with us again. He didn't finish that plan on the cross. On the cross, we just found out that our debt had been paid and we'd been saved from eternal damnation. And not even in the resurrection did God finish that plan to cross that barrier, though he did give us victory over death. You see, what's about to happen is, for my money, the most undersold kingdom work in all of the scripture. Because God's about to do something even closer than Jesus on earth. Jesus told us God's about to do something even greater. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus on a mountaintop with his disciples. He's about to ascend to heaven. And it reads like this, starting in verse 4. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. But in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Wait and pray and be together. And now what's about to happen dwarfs all of those awesome stories. It's festival time in Jerusalem, and the city is packed with visitors. There are tens of thousands of people who are jammed into an area that measures no more than 220 acres. And so our friends, the disciples, are not off by themselves someplace waiting for their personal Jesus. Instead, as the day of Pentecost came, our 120 believer friends were approaching day 10 of a 24-7 prayer vigil. The holy space they were occupying was ripe. And then suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now that we're staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How then that each of us Here's them in our own language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Jews and converts, Cretans, Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? We're going to take a moment now for a short break. Stay with us for more on the ancient path. At Ancient Path Ministries, we hope to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed. To see people set free from what holds them captive. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ, and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. And if you'd like to be a covenant financial partner or contribute to the work of the ministry, I encourage you to visit our website, ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be part of bringing good news connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. 
Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? And can you imagine the scene? There's a sweaty trader, half, half Egyptian, half Jewish. He turns to the Arabian guy on the wall next to him and said, man, the dudes are drunk. But a Levite priest next to him who, didn't know, who knew those guys couldn't understand each other, he translates for me. He's like, dudes, there's not a wine shop open in the city at this hour, but how are you hearing what they're saying? Because they're talking my language. <laughs> and then the camel herder on the end, he laughs out loud and says, wait, that's crazy. They're all speaking in my tongue, and that's weird because... There aren't many Galileans hanging out in Jerusalem who speak Phrygian. But the word had spread like tongues of fire throughout the city. There's a miracle going on. It's miraculous. You're not going to believe this. Some followers of that guy, Jesus. You remember the, the guy who claimed to be the Messiah, right? Well, they're like standing up with their heads on fire. And they're speaking like 16 different languages. And all of us hear them in our own dialect. And when that excited babble of voices came to Peter... After most of the disciples had spoken to the crowd, Peter stood up and he gestured for silence, his hair blazing, right? Flickering tongues of flame, leaping from his head like a golden corona. And then he spoke. And he says to the crowd, fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you. Listen carefully to what I'm telling you. These men aren't drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Nah. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I'll show wonders in heaven, signs on the earth below, blood, fire, billows of smoke, and the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was accredited by God to you by miracles and, and wonders and signs that he did among you. As you yourselves already know. And then this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, you put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said of him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices and my body will also live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life 
you will fill me with joy in your presence. Now, brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. And his tomb is here to this day. But David was a prophet. And he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. And so King David, seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. You see, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David didn't ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this, that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, and for your children, and to, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them save yourselves from this corrupt generation those who received his message were baptized and the Lord added 3,000 to their number that day oh, I love me some Pentecost that's the birth of the church. From 120 to 3,000 in a day. It's a people being transformed by the breath, the spirit, the wind of God. Average, ordinary men and women who are made extraordinary by the power of God's spirit in them. And people in Christ, full of the Holy Spirit, are transformed in relationship to each other. Separated since the day of Babel, we can now be reunited by the only power capable of uniting us in such a way. The Spirit of God pouring out God's grace from Jesus Christ and into us. This brings radical change. And this, friends, brings us to the end of our time for today. Thank you very much for being with us. Once again, be sure to check out our webpage, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. I'm Pastor Kevin Job for Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. And until next time, we pray God will bless you richly. Go and be the church.
Author Richard Foster puts it this way about our possibilities with the Spirit. He says, in our day, heaven and earth are on tiptoe, waiting for the emerging of a Spirit-led, Spirit-empowered people. All of creation watches expectantly for the springing up of a disciplined, freely gathered martyr people who know in this life the life and the power of the kingdom of God. It can happen again. It has happened before. The Pentecost isn't just commemoration. It's not just some fantastic story that we share. It's our heritage, and it's the empowerment of our calling today. And so if we're willing to receive it, the Holy Spirit waits to send us. The Spirit will commission us with wind and with fire to walk down the road before us, whatever direction it leads, led by the Spirit, intoxicated by the Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We freely gather and we freely scatter martyr people who know in our hearts the life and the power of kingdom of God. So that's the story and that's the word of Pentecost. I want to invite you to be in prayer with me. God, this is a beautiful day. Beautiful day. It, it's the day in which we can really begin to take in the fact that Jesus said it would be better if he left. Because if he leaves, then the counselor would come. The Holy Spirit would come to live within us. God, you are closer to us now than ever. You are closer to us now than ever. So, so may your Holy Spirit blow like that violent wind like those tongues of fire and fill us anew that we might pour out for the world those rivers of water that is living that we might pour out as we go from this place rivers of living water your holy spirit poured out from your people the world might see god you are awesome your name alone, Lord, is what stands in this world. Your name alone is what will remain when it's all said and done. So we pray this morning, Lord, that you bring your kingdom in us and then pour it out through us once again that your will is done on earth. God, may this day be more than a commemoration. May it be a commencement, a starting place. And from this particular community, may this day be a new breath of the Holy Spirit that we might, as we come into and go out from these doors, be the witnesses of Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Go and be the church. Have an awesome week.